put that up real quick. You version. It's gonna. It's a little app, and uh, if you open up to there, you'll see the little Holy Bible and the U version. Go to the More button, hit Live, put in the zip code, and Heart of the City Church Live will be there. What's cool about that, and I've said it for a few Sundays, is that the notes are there, and you can add to the notes, and you can put in different notes. The Bible, some of the Bible verses are there, and so I encourage you if you desire to use that. We're gonna dive into the Word. If you are a guest today, first of all, thank you for being here. Second of all. All, this is going to be a unique sermon because it's called Move, and I think in a few minutes you will understand why it's unique and why I'm saying this to our guest uh, because of what I'm going to be discussing today and the subject matter of that. It's, it's, it's a little bit different, but it's very important that we have this kind of uh, family sermon today, family message of what God's doing in Heart of the City Church and what we're doing, timelines, and where we're going. Amen? Father, thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, that you're here. Thank you for a beautiful church, an all-in kind of church, God. Father, thank you for touching our city. Thank you for all the men that came out yesterday in prayer and then having a work day. God, thank you for our new campus and all that you're doing there. It's such a beautiful, beautiful uh, thing, how you're bringing this together. We love you. We bless you. And we ask that Holy Spirit just have your way, just great anointing upon your word, upon the hearts of your people. Father, touch those who don't know you today. Father, like you did Jack about a year ago, Father, touch them. Let them come to know you even this moment in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. it's called move. Will you say that with me? Move. Everyone move around a little bit. Move. Yeah. Amen. You're awake. Good, good. Uh, there was a guy named Fred McNow. McDowell, they called him Mississippi Fred McDowell. Uh, he was born like 1904. He was a blues singer. How many of you have ever heard of Fred McDowell? Anyone? Nobody. Okay, praise God. Well, you have now. They called him Mississippi Fred McDowell, and I liked him because he was a blues singer, kind of a cool-looking African-American cat. Brother could sing, and he sang this song. It was something like this. You got to move, you got to move, you got to move, child, you got to move. Oh, when the Lord gets ready, you got to move. You may be high, you may be low, you may be rich, child, but you may be poor. When the Lord gets ready, you got to move. Why are you singing that, J.O.? Because of this reason. Heart of the City Church, you got to move. You got to move. You got to move, church. You got to move. When the Lord gets ready, you got to move. Tell your neighbor right now, you're going to move. I love the portion of that song, when the Lord gets ready, when the Lord gets ready, you got to move. Heart of the City Church, we've got to move. A beautiful attribute of God, and it's very, very, you know, humans, we don't like to move a lot. You know, kind of couch potatoes. I mean, who just wants at 4 o'clock and 5 o'clock in the afternoon to go to the gym or 4.30 in the morning to go to the gym? You know, we just kind of like, we don't like to move. We don't like change. But God is a God of move. God is a God of change. 
He has beautiful attributes of sending, of reaching, of going, of serving. You know, things of motion is what God is all about. So I wanted to give you an update. I've been, kind of, people have asked me in the bathroom, Jail, give us an update on the new facility and what have you. And, and so I said, you know, I'm going to do it today. We're going to give you an update today. You ready? Here we go. December the 31st is our last day that we can be in this facility. We sold this a good while ago. God's really blessed us for selling this. And we have a new facility, uh, almost five acres there. Used to be specialty behind Parker Toyota, Fred Meyer, right there off of Kathleen. So December the 31st is our last day here. But here's the exciting part. This is what's so exciting. Let me tell you what's exciting. We can't move from here into our new campus immediately. Oh. Good. I'm waiting for a why. Glad you asked. Because it's not ready. So what happened was at the beginning, we had about five weeks that it took us longer to get our permit that we expected. Uh, you know, it just happens that way and life happens that way. And we thought the permit was going to be four weeks and it actually took about nine weeks. So when you have five weeks on a schedule and you don't get it in the beginning, guess where it's added to? Everyone say at the end. At the end, man. You got to add it somewhere. So you add it at the end. So we can't go right into there. And you may say, well, J.O., why don't we say stay here on this campus in this building until, you know, we can move there, which will, our, our move-in date is February 19th is our big move-in date. Why don't you just stay here? That's another very good question. <laughs> Let me answer that. Parkwood bought our facility here. And they are getting it ready. They're renting it out to the hospital. This facility is going to be a child and an adult care center. And they have to get this facility. The, the, the hospital has to have this facility ready by February 15th. Well, why don't we just stay here then? Because, another good question. Because they have to remodel this facility to get it ready for February 15th. Okay, Is everyone kind of picking up what I'm laying down? All right, so what's the next question? Where are we going? Great question. We're going to be church on the go, and I'm so excited that we're going to be, check this out, we're going to be at the fairground. Can you imagine a church at the fairground? Not merry-go-round, but church going around. Come on. We're going to be church at the fairground. As soon as we found this out, Matt Bax got on the horn. Matt, will you wave at me? He got on the horn. He's got connections at the fairground. And we immediately went there, and we have two facilities right next to each other. Uh, one of them that we're going to be gathering at is bigger than this. And we've already got a plan and the chairs and what have you. And next to it, right next to it, connected to it, is where the children is going to meet. And actually, out in front, they're, they're going to be opening up the snack bar for us so that we can fellowship before and after services and what have you. We're going to start, actually, our new service times there at the fairground that we're going to be carrying over at our new campus. Are you following that? I don't want to give you those times right now because I don't want to mess you up and you be coming at the wrong time to church here. That's not until January 2nd. We're going to be at the fairground, big countdown, 50 days. 50 days. February, January 2nd to February 19th. You follow me? 
And I'm pumped about that. You could say, well, J-O, 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 you know, we're going to be, let, let me just show you this very spiritual video real quick. You hit those lights and, you know, this is going to give you some great direction of what, what's going on, you know, right here. Check this out. Well, it's not really spiritual. <laughs> Pretty inspirational, though. I like those little guys. I want to let you know that I got to be very, very frank and very honest with you is, is that this is not plan B. This is plan G. God plan. See, some of you just kind of been chilly-willy here at Emma Street. This is where you came and been here the whole time. But honestly... Heart of the City Church has always been on the go, and it is. Let me, I want to give you just a little history that this does not surprise me that God has us on the go again. Now, this is a very great time for you not just to wear a band that says all in or not just all in, but that you activate your feet and your heart and you be all in. Will you say that with me, all in? How many of you are all in? Let's try that again. Let's, 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 let's try that again. How many of you all in? Come on, come on, come on. That's good. That's good. That's, that's, a, that's a great percentage. Let me just tell you the, 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 the history of Heart of the City Church for a few minutes before we dive into the Word. Our first year, nine years ago, the first place we kind of officially ever met was at my house. And at my house, it was packed out that Sunday morning, and we thought, well, this is definitely not going to work. So I began honestly begging around town of where can we meet. And we found this place on 15th Street called Harding Family Center. We were there for over the summer of 2006. It was really, really fun meeting in a classroom. Then we blew out of the classroom and met in their kind of like their gym, I don't know what kind of room it was. All I know is that we had no clue that they didn't have air conditioning. <laughs> but we found out real soon. We met in there in July and August in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, without air conditioning. And people came to church and they actually stayed. And it was wonderful. And then they asked us to leave, not because we did anything wrong, but the people who had taken the break off from the summer were coming back. So we had to find another place. This is still the first year. So we went to Fernand Elementary Cafeteria. Why do you say cafeteria? Because it was terribly the worst place in the world for acoustics <laughs> think about in the cafeteria everything is stainless steel and tile and hard surfaces and that's where we had our grand opening <laughs> on our grand opening flyers we forgot to put the date of the grand opening <laughs> so i had one guy just stamping the date on like ten thousand flyers things from church plant we met at Fernand Elementary, and believe me, if you came at that point and you stayed with Heart of the City Church, it was Jesus. <laughs> Our children met in the hallways of Fernand Elementary. And we could only stay there for six months. It's the law of Idaho. And then I went begging again, pretty much begging. 
I asked the pastor at Seventh Day Adventist right here on Locust Street, hey, man, we have no place to go. You, you worship on Saturday. Can we worship on Sunday? And finally, they said, yeah, and we were there for a certain amount of time at Seventh Day Adventist. There was a lot of people that came during that time, a lot of wonderful people. I remember John Sanford coming to that time, and I remember Neil and Diana, elders in the church, coming at that time, and so forth and so on. We had a really good time, and then all of a sudden, we had to leave from there. And we finally found our place, Indiana Street. We were on Indiana and Second for about three years. We remodeled this elongated, kind of barn-looking, strange building from 1939. And do you know today, after we remodeled it, it became a church facility. It's held two other churches, and today it's still a church. Isn't that wonderful? And so after that, we came to Emma Street. And you thought, well, we'll just chill at Emma. It just doesn't work that way. And then we're going to go from Emma down to Kathleen. But God says, no, you're not going to go straight to Kathleen. You're going to go via to the fairground. We're going to be church on the go again. We're going to be church on at the fairground again. and not, at, not again for the first time, but we're just going to be on the go again. And I'm super excited to see what God is going to do. you got to remember that we try to put God in our little box. How many of you do that? Figure him out. It's going to go like this, God. You're going to do it my way. By the way, God, you're following me. God says, no, you ain't following me. I'm following you. And I have to remember, even as a leader, that we're following Jesus. We're following God. We're following the Holy Spirit. Look what the Bible says about God being spirit. John 3, 8. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. I want to let you know that go, God is a going kind of God. He is a moving kind of God. He is a God in motion. And guess what, Heart of the City Church? We're going to be on the go. We got to move it, move it, move it, move it. If you remember Adam and Eve, they had to go. They had to move out of the garden. Before they ate from the tree of life, they had to move. Abraham, our father of faith, guess what he was all about? Moving. Moving. Let me me read this. Genesis 12, 1 through 3 says, Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country. I tell you, that must have been a little awkward and different. He didn't even know where he was going. From your family, from your father's house to a land where I will show you. I will make you a great nation and bless you and make you a great name, uh, name great. You shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you the families of earth shall be blessed. Moving. He was on the go. And if you look at different people that we really look up to in the Bible, they were always on the go. How many of you remember uh, Joseph? Joseph had his dream of... of, of stars bowing down and so forth and so on but for God to get him where he needed to be there was a huge move he went from being in a pit to a prison to a palace where he became the governor and God used him mightily to save the Israelites to save people around and of course the Egyptians and then we have this guy anybody anybody ever heard a guy named Moses how many you've heard of Moses before even if you don't know Jesus, you usually know Moses from the movies. Moses, what was he all about? He was all about moving. He murdered someone. A lot of people that we put on a pedestal in church were murderers, <laughs> jacked up, adulterers. 
Moses was a murderer, a vagabond, a fugitive. He was running. He ran to the country of Midian, found his wife, was a shepherd. And then all of a sudden, God speaks to him, says, I want you to go back to Egypt, and I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. You're going to move them. Say that with me, move them. Move them out of Egypt into the promised land. And that's exactly what Moses did. It was very unique. They didn't go from point A to point B in their move. They just didn't do it. Let me read some scripture. Exodus 13, 17 through 18. Then it came to pass that Pharaoh had let, uh, had let the people go that God did not, listen to this, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, least perhaps the people change their minds when they see the war and return to Egypt. There was a reason why God led them in the path that they did. There is a reason why. God is leading us, heart of the city church, in the path that we're uh, taking. And it goes on to say, so God led the people around the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And how many of you remember the story of the Red Sea and how they, God split? The, you don't have those type of miracles just doing everything peachy. That's right. God opened up the sea for them. They crossed on dry land and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. Verse 21. And the Lord went before them. Say that with me, before them. God led them. They wasn't led by man, wasn't led by the elders, wasn't led by the pastor. They were led by God. And guess what? God is going to be the leader of Heart of the City Church. We're going to lead him. How did he lead in that day? It's pretty unique. The Lord led them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so it as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night before the people. So guess what? If the cloud moved, guess what the people did? If the fire moved, guess what the people moved? Guess what, heart of the city church? Cloud is moving. Fire is moving. And we're going to follow what God tells us to do and where he takes us. And you know what? This is very important that you hear. Moses, the great deliverer, wonderful man, Ten Commandments, staff, Red Sea. Moses never made it into the promised land. You know why? You know why? Just guess. Somebody, not, not, front, not, not people who've been here. Why didn't Moses make it in the promised land? Who said that? Because he hit the rock. Everyone say bad attitude. You wouldn't believe what will hinder you in life with a bad attitude. And you won't believe where a good attitude will take you. Your attitude has a lot to do with the altitude that God will take you in your faith. If you stay right here and you wonder why you're not changing, you got a bad attitude. Your attitude, here's your altitude. But if you have a good attitude, God said, speak to the rock. Moses goes up to it. Ah! Ah! He was ticked off at all the people of Israel. God's like, you ain't going to hit my rock. Can you smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> and then Moses and most of that generation did not enter the promised land because of what? Attitude. 
If you add up A-T-T-I-T-U-D according to the alphabet, you add it up to according to the alphabet A, B, and 1, and so forth. The attitude spells out and adds up to 100%. 100%. Whenever God sent out the 12 spies into Canaan to spy it out, 10 of the spies, you remember the, the, the report of 10 of the spies? We're like grasshoppers. Anybody that goes into that land, they get devoured. Oh, they just wanning around. But then there was two, listen, there was two that had a different spirit. Who was that? Joshua and Caleb. Josh, Caleb's like, shh, all that crazy wine. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit. <laughs> and they, had a, they were men with a different spirit. And guess who took over for Moses? Who? Joshua. Joshua. Joshua took a whole generation into the promised land. Joshua had a good attitude. Caleb had a good attitude. I tell you what, I think God may test us in our attitude in this. Listen to this, Joshua 1, 2, 3. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel, Every place the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. And that was Joshua. And the Bible, listen, the Bible, I tell you what, is so easy in America to get comfortable as Christians. But the Bible is full of moving and full of walking in faith and full. Think about Ruth. Think about Jonah. How many of you remember the story of Jonah? Joan, I want you to go to Nineveh and preach. Uh, 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 I think I'm going to buy a ticket away from the presence of God. He gets on a ship, buys a ticket, get a, a, away from the presence of God. Oh, I can change Jonah's mind. I can change. You don't want to change. I, I can change your mind. They throw him out because of the weather, because he brought this curse upon this ship and a big fish. Suck Joseph down into his large intestine. I'll lay you up in fish guts. And I think it might change your mind. Jonah had a bad attitude for about three days. <laughs> Is that you lay up in fish guts, your attitude might change. And then all of a sudden, Jonah gets kind of loogied out of that fish's throat. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. Why not? And Jonah's like, hey, where's Nineveh? I'm ready to preach. Brings revival to this great city. Changes his attitude. You have Nehemiah. You have Esther who impacted king of Persia, all these ones that were always on the move. You have Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in foreign lands. All, God is always on the move. You, then you have Jesus, Mary and Joseph. What were they? They were on the move, man. 
You have the wise men on the move. John the Baptist, on, Jesus himself on the move. He was led by the Spirit into the desert, tempted for 40 days, 40 nights, fasted. He comes out of there, and what's one of the first things that he tells disciples when he, when he finds them? Can anybody guess? I did a whole series on it about two years ago. Oh, come on, come on, church. What was the first thing that came out of Jesus' mouth when he walked up to the disciples? Follow me. Follow me. Whew, boy, it feels good out here. Hi, everybody. Hey. Hey. Hi, Zion. Follow me. Some of you do pretty good in following. Can I tell you a funny story for a service? Hey, preach. I did that first service. Thank you. Love you. I can do that. That's my son. I did that first service like at the perfect timing. Some folks were leaving probably to go watch the Mariners, uh, the Seahawks game. And all of a sudden, I walk out there and they're at the front door leaving. They're, this one guy's eyes were like... He's just like, he froze. And I go, oh, you're leaving church, huh? <laughs> Brother may never leave church again. He's like, pastor tells me to move. I'm not moving. Jesus told the disciples, follow me. Always on the go. You know, we like to just kind of like be at ease and just stay in our comfort zone, and I'll be the first one to admit me too. But that's not how God rolls. He's all about moving. Listen to this scripture, Matthew 4.23. Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel, the kingdom of healing, all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases among the people, always going. Matthew 28.19, one of the most popular scriptures in the Bible Look what the first word is. Go. Go. Therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then you have the New Testament church, new baby New Testament church, Acts 2 church. Peter's going to all the nations. Holy Spirit falls on them to empower them to go to the nations. And then all of a sudden, how many know that terrorists didn't begin with ISIS? Terrorism has been going for a long... Do you know the guy who wrote over half the New Testament was a terrorist? His name was Saul. You know him as Paul. You know what he did? He terrorized the New Testament church. Look at this. Acts 8, 1 through 4. Now Saul was consenting uh, to the death of, 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 guess whose death he's overlooking right here? Everyone say Stephen. Stephen. Stephen was a super nice, wise guy. The apostles were so busy. They set in seven guys in order to serve tables, and Stephen was one of them. The religious folks kind of lied about him, and anyway, they're stoning him. And there's this guy overwatching the stoning, watching the coats of the stoners. 
stoners back in that day and stoners today. Two different kind of stoners, you know what I'm saying? Didn't plan that. They wasn't smoking herb. They were using stones. And they were stoning, and Saul, this religious zealot, was overlooking them. And it says this, at that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which is in Jerusalem. People think the church is always a safe little place. I got news for you. Man, our Savior was crucified. The disciples were martyred. It may not be as safe as you think. Now, we trust in the Lord, but it, wasn't, it, was, it was not always about safety. And look here. It says, the great persecution rose against the church, which was in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, look what he did. This is the guy who wrote most of the New Testament. He made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went, look what they did, they hide out in caves and were scared and hopeless and depressed. And Look what they did. They were scattered and look what took place. Everywhere preaching the word. When the enemy tries to scatter the church, God uses it in order to send light throughout the world in order to get the word of God out and see the world turn upside down for Jesus Christ. There's nothing new under the sun. The church is the body of Christ and we're in motion and we're in movement and as the enemy tries to scatter, confuse or destroy or discourage the church, guess what? Code red. This is what God does. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. You know what God is building? In this day and time, he's building his church. That's why I'm such a church fanatic. It's like, dude, you talk about my wife, it's on like Donkey Kong. Who's God's wife? The church. You don't spit in the wind. You don't take the mask off the long ranger. And you don't mess with God's wife. That's for free. That's for free. Because that's you. The church. That's his woman. And he's building it. I love being part. Of it. Isn't it exciting to be a part of what God is doing on the face of the earth? I want to be part right in the middle of what God's building. He's building his church. He says, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. There's a, a pastor in, in New York City. His name is Carl Lentz. He's the, the pastor of the Hillsong of New York City. And during the time, he would have to, if I understand the story correctly, every week he would Twitter and text to the church of where they were meeting on a weekly basis. And you would think, uh, that might just uh, impact their church a little bit with momentum. And that, I mean, they don't even know where they're meeting from week to week. I don't know if it was every week or every month. Carl Lentz, it brought such great momentum. I mean, they blew up to a church, I think, of like 7,000 people 
in New York City. And they were just like, where are we meeting this week? This is a quote from him. The time of transition was the catalyst to momentum. It is in the time where everyone has to stretch, serve, give in the natural that their faith favor new growth built in the spiritual. Our work in the natural does produce spiritual results and progress. Amen? And so there, he was. I think that would be pretty cool. It's like, okay, I'm going to send out a Twitter. Hey, we're meeting at the pizza place this week. You know, and all over New York City. You ever been to New York City? You know what the parking's like in New York City? Gosh, how did they plan for parking? I didn't want to drive. Now, matter of fact, I wouldn't drive in New York City. Give me a taxi. And you're taking your life in your own hands right there, even with that. Mark Estes had a word for us when we, he was here last. He had a word for us. And he was wondering why God was speaking. And then he said, you know what? After I told him, what was taking place with us in the fairground and us having this time of not going straight. He goes, now he finally was understanding a little bit what the Lord was speaking to him. Uh, Acts 16, 6 through 8. Will you read this with me, everyone? It's going to be up here. Can you read it real loud? Because if we mess up on some of these towns, I want us all to mess up. So you don't look at J.O. like, oh, look at J.O. He doesn't know how to say that town. We're all going to mess up with these towns. You with me? Yep. Next, Paul and Silas travel through the area of... Ooh, love it. And... Awesome. Because the Holy Spirit had prevented... Stop. The Holy Spirit prevented them. Not the devil. The Holy Spirit. Let's read on. You ready? had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of... Oh, y'all, let me hear it. Let me hear it. Y'all wait for the pastor to get all these words. Let me hear it. Everyone say Mysia. They headed north uh, for the province of... Bithynia. Wonderful. I'm putting the pressure on the church today instead of y'all waiting for me to get all these words right. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not, uh uh-oh, didn't allow it. The Spirit of God? So instead, they went on through to the seaport of Troas. Give yourself a hand. You read that so beautifully. Some of you cheated. You're like, blah, blah. See, I can't cheat like that. Whenever I say it wrong, people on the front row go. (laughs) (laughs) So what's beautiful, what's beautiful is when you know that God is leading you, it galvanizes peace in your heart. Just like. (laughs) Knowing that there's nothing we could do knowing there was no planning that could change us, knowing this is of the Holy Spirit, that we're going from Harding, Fernand, Seventh Day, Indiana Street, Emma, Fairground! Not merry-go-round, but church going around. 
and see what God does. Can you imagine? There might be people out there that might come to a church at, ferry, at the fairground that would never come into a traditional church building. What if God, we're already making relationships like with one of the women that we're down there talking with constantly who is kind of overseeing everything for us. You know, I love it because God is concerned about people way more than our comfort. Do you all, have you figured that out? He really is. J.O., you really want to reach the city? Well, then let me lead you. And he's leading us. I have a couple of thoughts by uh, uh, why I think God may be doing this. Just a couple of thoughts. I'm not absolutely sure. We'll see. He had his reasons why he led the people the way they did out of Egypt. Number one, we meet people on the journey. And everywhere we go, we say, uh, we meet at the, at the fairground. At the fairground? What's the church doing at the fairground? I don't know. Just come and check us out. Number two. We invite folks to the rally. The whole 50 days while we're there is called the rally. Will you say that with me, the rally? Yeah. We're going to rally around prayer. It's during the first of the year where we pray and fast. We have the sound. How many of you remember Tracy Armstrong? He's going to be coming in. If you have socks on, you better put them way up high because he'll blow your socks, slam off. I'm just saying. Number three. God's getting us ready for our new location. Number four, church is a fairground. We'll see what God does with that, telling people to come and check it out. Number five, here's, listen to this, listen to this. God tests our attitudes. Are we going to just wear a bracelet? Are we all in? We already made Connor the chairman. You didn't catch that, did you? He's the chair man. But it sounds cool, doesn't it? Connor's the chairman. He's going to be responsible for all the chairs getting from here to there. On the 27th, everyone say 27th. On that day, we're having a huge move. The 27th, after our fourth service. And I hope that you would clear your schedule. Because we're going to hopefully have all of our offices and everything like that packed up. But we're going to do a big move on that day. Some of it will be going to the fairground, all of our chairs and sound equipment. A lot of it will be going to the new campus. Everyone say 27th. 27. Would you join us on that day? Sunday, right after church. Moving out, moving over, moving in. I want to read this prophetic word from Mark Strong. Mark was one of our elders here at the church when we first planted. How many of you remember Mark Strong? Just a crazy, amazing guy. Love this guy deeply. He said this at the sound last year. No, back in two, yeah, yeah, last year. Well, it's actually this year because it was still in 15, beginning of this year. Hear what God is saying. Travel as a pack. We are family. Families stay together, don't they? Together, God is strategically taking heart of the city church to the other side. There is a, listen to this. Don't look at them. Look, don't look, everybody sees the worship team. They do this all every Sunday. Don't miss this. There is a miracle in the motion. God's on the move. We're going to be on the move. 
Amen. Amen. December 3rd. We don't have to worry about it for a few weeks. We're here till December 27th. But I just want to get you ready. Amen. See what God does at the fairground. It's not about the wood or the carpet or the walls or the chairs. It's about what goes on inside the building. Because we're the church. Amen. We stand to your feet. For we trust in our God. God promised me. This is a promise to our church. Check this out. We will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. as we trust in the Lord, guess what? We won't be shaken. As I went to pick up Pastor Mark one morning from the airport, I felt like the Lord promised that song to us as a church and to me as an individual, that as we trust in him, we won't be shaken. He's going to lead us through the wilderness. We're going to be a church on the go. And God, you know what was beautiful? All through those moves and throughout the years, God always saved people added to the church and he just does what he does he builds the church amen? amen would you bow your head closing today there may be someone here today like the testimony in the very beginning jack gentry of that he didn't know jesus christ and he was in bondage and he spoke of being 140 pounds and in the bottom of a bottle and fornicating and all the different things that he spoke of of his own mouth in addiction and then he came to know Jesus and everything after 34 years he changed everything in his life and man I tell you what he's just a wonderful man now full of life if you're here today and you don't know Jesus maybe you met him when you were young maybe you've never met him maybe you need to renew if you don't know Jesus if you don't have a relationship I'm talking about a relationship with God if you don't know where you would end up when you die because you're gonna die but God wants to give you eternal life but he wants to give you also life and life abundantly here on earth and you can experience that in a relationship with Jesus and walking in his ways if you're here today and you don't know Jesus or maybe you need to recommit your vows to God we want to pray for you right now with no one looking around would you just raise your hand going J.O. that's me I need to get my life right with Christ today is there anyone here today that that fits them? Just wave at me. Just say, J.O., that's me, man. I, I need to take this moment. That's, that, that's me. I need to get right with Jesus. Anyone? Praise God. I must be preaching to the choir. 
or either you're missing your moment. You know, God doesn't give us tomorrow, but he gives us this moment right now. He gives you today. If you need prayer for anything, we're going to have people up at the prayer altar right here. I'm going to close in prayer. We have another service coming in. But if you need prayer for anything, maybe, you know, sometimes people struggle with depression this time of year, rain and clouds. You know what? God can exchange that, change that in your life. Maybe you're dealing with some type of fear or situation in your marriage or whatever may be going on. I want to let you know that God is the answer, flat out the answer. We like to pray for you because we know it moves the hand of God.